It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the two-point stance powered by FantasyPoints.com. I'm your host, Brian Drake. On Twitter at Drake Fantasy, joined as always by my main man Joe Dolan, managing editor of FantasyPoints.com. He's on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, this is going to be fun tonight because we're kind of going to flip the roles here a little bit, and and you're going to be uh, looking at a draft that I did for SiriusXM, a ten-team best ball uh, draft I did with all these big minds in the fantasy industry, and now you're going to be kind of being the host and i'm almost the analyst at times here so okay. this, this will be fun a little role reversal so yeah you were um so this draft you were in uh, that we're reviewing here drake by the way good to be with you here on a thursday night uh we had john hansen on the tuesday podcast and we've just essentially kicked off the 2023 season that's what we're doing here and then and yeah. i think that's what the majority of our conversations are going to be about going forward we're going to talk nfl draft have some dynasty talk get some guests on here but I, what perfect serendipitous timing of Sirius XM, you and I both, um, I guess we're colleagues, even though I don't think we've ever hosted together on XM. You and I are colleagues. I like to say Howard Stern is my colleague. That's right. Um, uh, because uh, at Sirius XM. Uh, I'm more and- Ralph Cirilla or Ronnie the limo driver, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, that's that's where I fall in. I got to be honest. I'm a little partial to ass napkin, Ed. Yes. Best uh, backpacker of all time. Uh, so, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, my boy TJ will love that shout out. Uh, I'll have to... Uh, we might have to get my boy TJ on here, and you and he—I'll just sit here and laugh while you and he rank whack packers. We'll hire we might a- have to get Ass Napkin Ed on the show. Yeah, we could. Maybe we will <laughs> if we get big enough. We'll get Ass Napkin Ed on here. Anyway, um, uh, Drake, you—you uh, you, uh, participated in the Series XM draft, I believe it was Monday, mm-hmm. um, and uh, perfect, just perfect content. I mean, talk about teeing it up for us, man. Just get us some content. You were in the draft. I get to look at some of these crazy picks and, and and analyze them. I I will be honest, I have not been in a draft yet. I yeah, have not I mean, done I, this. Was yet. my first one. I, and some of these guys are talking on the air. This was during the football diehards. Our good pals, uh, Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey. And, and Bob Harris has already said he wants to come on the two point stance. And I mean, some of these guys are like, yeah, I've already done twenty drafts already. I'm like, man, you guys are degenerates. I I respect it, and I'm kind of in awe. Wow. Uh, by the way, Bob Harris, nicest guy in the fantasy industry. I mean, he oh, might no be question. one of the nicest guys in any industry, quite frankly. Uh, I love Bob. Anyway, so I want to, uh, I always love roasting Bob because he's such a good sport. Um, but I want to take a look at this draft, Drake. Um, we'll, uh, we'll put a link to the, to the board in, uh, in the show notes, both on YouTube. Um, and heck, maybe you should share, share your screen here on YouTube, right? How's that? Idea? Sure. Yeah, we can, uh, we can try that. And Hey, how about if you're watching on YouTube right now, our new two point stance, look, we're trying to differentiate ourselves, our snazzy new background. Uh, for those of you guys who enjoy watching, uh, shout out to our guy Leaf at five yard Lee on Twitter for creating this for us. Always doing fantastic work for me. Now, let me see if I can share this. We're professionals here, folks. Okay, we're going to share the screen. Boop, boop, boop. Let's see. Oh, that's, yeah, this is live television, right? That's just me me on the fly. All right. Oh, oh, Drake, this is perfect. It made my face smaller 
it made your face uh, your face smaller <laughs> and it made the draft board bigger my uh, i'm by the way i'm really glad you weren't looking at porn because yes uh, that's are, the uh are open up there <laughs> yeah who did that um oh it was a wrestler it's got jbl i believe shared something somebody did and they had a porn tablet who cares i i, I found a new uh starlet today uh i'll share that in the uh discord over at fantasy points. I, I really appreciate that. Text me after the show is over. <laughs> All right. So what we're, we're just going to break down this draft. Like what do draft boards look like? What, what were some things that surprised you? What are some things that surprised me? Let's go through it. 10 man. Okay. So what 10 man, I'm just guessing one quarterback, two running back, three receiver tight end and a flex. Yes. And again, this is best ball. Yep. Uh, so, yes, but you're starting a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, and flex. And I picked out of the nine hole in this full point PPR. All right. So that's Howard Bender who had the first pick. Jamar. Mm-hmm. All right. Jamar Chase goes number one. And that's kind of what we're going to see. We talked with this about with John Hansen on our previous show, uh, Lessons Learned. We kind of previewed a little bit of what we're going to talk about for 2023. But and I, I implore all of you go listen to that show. It's phenomenal. But this is what you're going to see. That's the start of every draft. I think for the remainder of the summer, Chase McCaffrey Jefferson in some semblance of that order. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Jamar Chase is a superstar. He's a stud. Do you think? Did you think when you were breaking this dra- draft down? Did you think Chase going first overall was a little cute, vis-a-vis Justin Jefferson? Like, even if you're set on drafting a wide receiver, like, Justin Jefferson goes third overall. I mean, if you're going to draft a receiver, why don't you draft Jefferson? I, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, kind of an interesting way to break that down, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. They're all awesome uh, at, at that point. And what's going to happen is everyone's going to go into this year with, like, Jefferson's the man, blah, blah, blah. And what if Chase outscores him by 15 points this year? Like, we don't know. I mean, they're both 1A, 1B to me. But the one thing that you don't have to really worry about as much with Jefferson is there's not as much target competition. Whereas, you know, Chase has another alpha on the outside in T Higgins. Um, So essentially the thing that concerns me just a little bit um, when it comes to, when it comes to Jefferson is TJ Hawkinson with a full season. Um, Hawkinson right. Hawkinson was a big time. I mean, he was the number two tight end overall this year and was dominant after he got traded to the Vikings. Um, Does he become a more, a a bigger target hound than Adam Thielen, who Thielen was a certain type of receiver. You know, they loved him in the red zone, but he wasn't really a target hound. Um, Does TJ Hawkinson become that? But at the end of the season, Justin Jefferson was posting big numbers, just as TJ Hawkinson was posting big numbers. The Vikings are going to throw the ball. Look, Jamar Chase, top three pick. I have no issue with it. I'm going to keep him in my longest-term keeper league where I'm going to have a mid-first-round pick. I'm going to get a value there. Um, I probably – if I was taking a receiver, I probably would have gone with Jefferson. But it's just to show you where the fantasy hive mind is on on Jamar Chase right now. And, by the way, I know you've heard this. Is there a chance the Bengals are like, we're not going to be able to pay Joe Burrow, we're not going to be able to pay Jamar Chase – and we're not going to be able to pay T. Higgins. I know you've heard, could T. Higgins be kind of the A.J. Brown-style surprise young wide receiver trade this offseason? Oh, and my if that's gosh. that's the case, 
if I'm Dallas, if I'm the Giant, the Giants stick out to me like a sore oh, thumb in this. Easy uh, first round pick, give up. You easily give up. A first absolutely. Round pick. And if you're Cincinnati, you look at it and go, oh, we got we got to pay Burrow. We're gonna have to pay Chase. I mean, is it the craziest thing in the world if someone throws you a first round pick? It's similar to what the Eagles did with AJ Brown. You know, the difference is um, the Burrow extension. You know, Burrow's eligible for an extension. Yeah, because he and he and uh, Hertz are eligible right now. I think the Eagles probably want to get the Hertz done before Burrow gets done. But, um, yeah, I think T. Higgins is somebody who could be moved. And, you know, what's interesting is the Eagles will probably have the same decision to make with Devontae Smith. I feel like the Eagles are going to find a way to keep both AJ yeah. Brown and Devontae Smith long-term. That's for another day, though. Uh, I just think it's interesting, Jamar Chase, that target competition, it could open up. The Bengals could choose, all right, we're going to have to take the hit here. We're going to have to trade T. Higgins. We'll get a first-round pick for him, and we might be able to replace him or at least try to replace him with a first-round pick, but we got to clear up some money so we can pay Burrow and Chase. Um, I think that's a potentially interesting scenario for sure. Okay, so let's roll through the first round here. Chase McCaffrey off the board is the first running back. I think you're going to see that more often than not in drafts. I think maybe the, any running back can get hurt, but now you're going to see people go like, ah, you know what? McCaffrey's just that oh, damn good. This first round, man. Oh, my. Two running backs in the first round. And so a 10-team draft. Yeah, so it goes wow. McCaffrey, then Jefferson, then Cooper Cup at the 1-4 to Bob Harris. People are going to forget about Cooper Cup. Uh, and they should not. Cooper Cup is still elite, still unbelievable. Last year, before his injury, he was averaging a league best 22.4 points per game in a PPR. So, I mean, to me, if you're getting him fully healthy with yeah. Matthew Stafford back at the 1-4, that's a steal. Yeah, no, uh, no discount there, but still, yeah, I'm fine with that. Then Travis yeah. Kelsey. Travis I mean, Kelsey to Jeff Manns at the 1-5. You know, I, I think it depends on the leagues you're in, how aggressive guys want to be and say, I want to get Travis Kelsey. I want to get that difference maker because I think once you get anywhere past this one, five Travis Kelsey's in play. And that's what we're going to see in all the best ball drafts going forward. And this isn't even tight end premium. Yeah. So do you think one, five is that too early or is that where the conversation should begin? He outscored the number two tight end. that we already mentioned was Hawkinson by over a hundred points. Mm -hmm. I mean, a good tight end a good tight end for fantasy averages 12 fantasy points per game. Okay. Travis Kelsey outscored the number two tight end by eight good games. There were, by the way, there were four tight ends who averaged 12 or more fantasy points per game this year. Kelsey Kittle, Hawkinson, and Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard averaged 11.9. So if you even want to throw him in there, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey outscored the number two guy by eight of those. It's insane. I drafted Travis Kelsey in the Kings Classic last year, which was a 14-team uh, draft. So, mind you, this is a, a draft where there's a lot of really smart guys. I drafted Travis Kelsey eighth overall and rode him all the way to the finals. People are like, why are you taking Travis Kelsey? So I go, I need a differentiator. I need somebody yeah. who's going to separate me from the pack. And I had to bank on a monster season. And you can pair Kelsey and Mahomes, especially in best ball. You got to be cognizant of it. But, you you know, maybe third round, if they falls to the fourth, who knows? You might be pressing a little bit. But if you want to make that combo happen for best ball, you can absolutely do it. Yeah, and, and you get to be proactive. And the other the thing is, is also, if you draft Kelsey and Mahomes – 
I think this is probably going to be the case. I want to see what happens with the Chiefs. I talked about this with Ross Tucker this week. I think throughout the offseason, depending on what happens with Kansas City this offseason, I think Kadarius Toney is going to become a very popular player over the course of the offseason. Um, but you can still pair, uh, group the rest of the Chiefs and, and do a full Chief stack relatively cheaply. Um, so I think that's certainly a possibility with Kelsey. At the 1-6 was Tyreek Hill. So I believe two is going to come back and be healthy. We don't know if two is going to play a full season. I, I don't know if Miami knows what they're doing at quarterback, uh, to be honest. But Tyreek did finish as a wide receiver two, averaged just a hair over 20 points per game. Just a phenomenal season for Tyreek, even with the you know flux at quarterback. Is, is that the right spot for him or you would have gone Austin Eckler there? That's totally fair, but getting the guy who was the number one running back in fantasy at six or seven is pretty awesome um, mm -hmm. and shows you where the running back position is right now. Um, but no, that's a totally fair spot for Tyreek Hill, especially in best ball. Eckler goes at the 1-7. We still haven't gotten to me yet. In front of me, my good friend Jim Coventry, who is a tremendous fantasy analyst, gets Devontae Adams. I I'll be honest, Devontae Adams is who I had lined up in the queue at 1-9, and when he went off the board... Mm -hmm. Now I'm on the clock, Joe. So I'm thinking, all right, well, I got my pick of pretty much between Diggs, Lamb, Brown, any of the running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. I chose Stephon Diggs, said, you know what? Maybe I can come back and get Josh Allen uh, in the second or third round. So yeah. I took Stephon Diggs, who still at the end of the day is a high-performing wide receiver. It was a little, you know, we could say it's a down year for Stephon Diggs. Still was wide receiver four. Averaged nearly 19 points a game. At the turn, Lamb, A.J. Brown, and then it came back to me, and I had my pick of any running back, basically, except Eckler and McCaffrey. I went with Saquon Barkley here. Why? Because Saquon Barkley is still a premium talent in fantasy football, and, you know, you got to get a running back at some point. I know some guys like to start these drafts. Joe, let me get 4,000 wide receivers to start. Yeah. like. Stakewell Barkley can have like weak winning games. And if this Giants team progresses as we think they will, why wouldn't I want to get a top five running back? And I got him here at the start of the yeah. second round. Uh, my, I probably would have opted for Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. um, who went two picks later to Alan Seslowski. Um, why did you not make that move? You know what? Looking at the two of them, I love Barkley in the past game. Um, I like the ascension of the Giants. I like that he's maybe he's not back. Who knows? Maybe he goes somewhere else. Uh, and, and with Jonathan Taylor, I'm just not really sure with this team with what's likely going to be a rookie quarterback. Maybe they lean on him a little bit, but you know what? Maybe they don't sustain as many drives. Maybe they don't get as many opportunities for him to punch it into the end zone. Whereas I think Saquon's going to have more chances to get more touchdowns. Yeah, if Saquon resigns with the Giants. At least you have an idea who the quarterbacks. I think Daniel Jones is going to go back there. Um, we don't know who the Colts are going to be. I think the Colts are our guy Brett Whitefield, by the way. And listen to the Take Talk podcast and and look at his mock draft that he put on the website. He has the Colts trading up to number one and taking Bryce Young. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I think Jim Irsay is going to be fully behind that move. So it's good. It's interesting to do a draft right now when you don't really know. Um, what these scenarios are going to be. I think Barkley's a completely defen uh, defensible pick. I probably would have opted for Taylor. Um, but uh, yeah, Barkley here, you, you start Diggs and Barkley. You took the third running back. When is the last fantasy football draft where th the third running back came off the board in the second round? Uh, this is insane to me, and I think it's fair.
Yeah, the second round, though, was loaded with running backs. This is where everybody tried to get on that RB train. So I took Barkley, and then off the board in order, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, Nick Chubb. You wait a couple of picks. There goes uh, Joe Mixon. So we had, you know, six running backs out of the 10 picks in round two. Uh, Any of those running backs really jump out to you? Oh, yeah. What's that? That Joe, Mixon, w- that Joe Mixon pick stinks. You don't like Joe Mixon at the end? No, of two? I mean, look, they be- benched. That's is Colton the wrong and the Wolfman. They started three straight running backs. Yeah, that that Mixon pick stinks. Um, first and foremost, he could get cut this offseason. They could save a lot of money. We know we recently got into some off-field trouble. Um, charges dropped or whatever, but, you know, more incentive for the Bengals to cut him. At the end of the year, they were consistently playing Samaj P. Ryan over him in calorie-rich uh situations mix it in the second round when i mean travis Etienne's still there Najee harris who Najee harris is is interesting to me he was a third round pick um here uh to, to jeff erickson he's interesting to me because in the first half of the year he was terrible in the second half of the year i thought he was excellent and i, but, uh, I have no that, love for Najee harris that's it's a very unsexy pick, but it's like what we talked with Hanson about in the last pod. Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys people are going to look at and be like, oh, I'm not excited uh, to draft Najee Harris at all. But you know, you know but then what it, they're going to do, man. They, they brought Canada back. They're going to give Najee Harris the ball 25 times a game. It doesn't matter if they're if he averages 3.8 yards per carry. That's what they're going to do. Um, I, I, I would have liked basically any running back here that went after Joe Mixon, including one that they took, by the way, Colton and the Wolfman, they took Dalvin Cook in the third round. Mm-hmm. I, I look, I understand he just had sh- shoulder surgery, but I still prefer him to Joe Mixon at this point. Um, let me sure. tell you a pick that is not going to be there when draft after the NFL draft comes. And by the way, you can't get him at this spot on underdog right now. There's a little plug for you, Drake. There, I know you. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll about get to that. that. B. John Robinson in the third round is not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, Jeff Mance took him at three, five, not going to happen. Um, I think depending on landing spot, I mean, I think you're already seeing him go in the first round on underdog, depending on landing spot, he could be third running back off the board this year, especially if he's a first round pick. If he's gets drafted by one of those teams at the end of the draft that, that can talk themselves into, Ooh, we're running back away. Although none of that, that very rarely works out. That's a very intriguing pick. And I think it's interesting that Jeff paired him with Nick Chubb in the second round, because talk about an for for a guy who is as awesome as Nick Chubb is, talk about an unsexy fantasy pick, because he does nothing in the passing game. But Kareem Hunt's a free agent, and they're not going to bring Kareem Hunt back. I don't think. Yeah, and they've got reinforcements behind him with um, Dearness Johnson, and oh, they just drafted a kid last year. His name escapes me now, but they just drafted a kid last year who, who's going to uh, slide into that role. Yes, Jerome Ford. I know he's sitting on a practice squad on one of my dynasty teams. Uh, so, yeah, they're not going to bring bring Hunt back. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, I think he'd be a nice fit. I, you know, we're very Eagle-centric here, but he'd be a nice guy to maybe bring along uh, and, and pair with Kenny Gainwell, who I was curious to see where he went in the draft. But So we're starting round three. Uh, five straight running backs. ETN, Cook, Najee Harris. And this surprised me a little bit, Joe. Josh Jacobs at the 3-4, he was RB3 last year in fantasy. Nearly 20 points per game. And you're taking Najee Harris in front of him, Travis Etienne in front of him, 
Mixon in front of him. That surprised me. He fell all the way to Bob at 3-4. The question I have with Jacobs is, does he get a Le'Veon Bell-style payday where he's like, I'm just going to the highest bidder, and I don't give a crap if the team stinks? Mm -hmm. And then he ends up really not in a good spot. I am fascinated with where he goes. And the question is, was he a contract year phenomenon? Because they the, the Raiders very clearly got this year what they drafted him to be. It just took three years for that to happen. So uh, that is a fascinating pick. I understand why he went where he did. I also understand why Bob Harris took him where he did. I would have taken Bijan Robinson. Then as we roll through the second half of the third round, Keenan Allen, Devonta Smith from the Eagles come off the board. Smith was a guy I was really kind of highlighting because, man, did he have a phenomenal year, Joe. Just nobody in fantasy was thinking, okay, yeah, Devontae Smith is going to end the year as a top 10 PPR wide receiver, and that's exactly what he did. Devonta Smith finished, folks, ahead of Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, who we know got hurt, but Christian Kirk, Lockett, McLaurin, Metcalf, Evans, Higgins, Godwin. This is a great season. What is, and he's the number two target on that team. Yeah, and the, the, they're they're one of what I like to call a narrow fantasy team. Mm-hmm. They throw the ball to their good players. It's amazing how many teams haven't figured this out. <laughs> like, you know, teams that don't have a Mahomes at quarterback or whatever, just throw it to your good players. Like, I mean, I of course the Eagles found out the hard way. Quez Watkins drops a perfect throw by Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, but uh, you know. The Eagles, for the most part, they threw the ball to Smith, to Brown, and to Goddard. That's a good way to score points in the NFL. Um, and then Brees Hall comes off the board. Probably yeah. a good spot for him. And Brees Hall is one of those guys, you know, he's he's got that injury. We're not exactly sure how ready he's going to be for the start of camp, or the start of the season. Uh, but when on the field, he could be electric. Well, we know he is electric. And it all depends. Who's that quarterback? What if it's Aaron Rodgers? Well, it could be Jimmy Garoppolo. could be Derek Carr. Uh, so the offense as a whole is just going to get upgraded. And imagine if they do get Aaron Rodgers, Joe. Yeah. And now you really got to defend these wide receivers because they could throw it all over the place. Boy, the middle of the field could just open up. And he could be what we always hoped Aaron Jones was without A.J. Dillon siphoning carries. Yeah, and well, there's Michael Carter there as well. Ah, for Michael Carter. Please. Yeah, but that's the other um, – Hanson talked about that too in the lessons learned. Like, you know, like, what, oh, Michael Carter, he's going to come in and, you know, he's still the starter and everybody buys that shit and then um, it suppresses the value of Brees Hall on draft day. All right, Drake, I, I want let, to – let's get to this little uh, corner here. Yeah, so we're to me again. I have Diggs and Barkley, and now I'm up here at the three nine. And I'm going to fully admit here, I made a mistake where I took Mark Andrews in this slot just because I figured, you know what, maybe I can get cute and I can get Josh Allen uh, coming around because I thought uh, Jordan Fiegelman of Fantasy Life was drafting yeah. right behind me. I know Jordan, nice guy, uh, and I, I go, well, he's got AJ Brown. He's going to want Jalen Hurts, right? Where I could take Andrews and then get Allen back here in the fourth round. Well, I take Andrews. He takes Josh Allen at the 310. Well, he made a mistake, too. And then he took Jalen Waddle, so left me with Jalen. I, I took Jalen Hurts. 
Yeah. Uh, so he, you made a mistake and so did he. Because he should have taken, he has AJ Brown. He should have taken, he should have taken Hurts. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, um, and this really ended up kind of backfiring you because let me, let me tell you what I see here. And I'm not going to say there aren't good wide receivers left. And as a matter of fact, there's one who went at the end of the fourth round who I think probably should have gone a little bit higher. I think after Jalen Waddle, there's a little bit of a drop off at wide receiver here to the next, the next guy taken is Amari Cooper. Okay. I don't, I don't love that pick. Nobody ever likes taking Amari Cooper. So maybe mm-hmm. I should learn one of Hanson's lessons and say, Hey, boring's not the worst thing. Um, but there seemed to be like a little bit of a mini teardrop at wide receiver after Waddle comes off the board. And I wonder if you would have been better served Drake taking Josh Allen or, and, and maybe hoping coming back around that Jalen Waddles there, as opposed to taking Mark Andrews, who we know had a very disappointing season last year. Let's see if Todd Monken can open that up for him. But um, I understand what you were trying to do, though, because you said earlier in the Kings Classic, you wanted to differentiate yourself a little bit. Well, in a 10-team league, one of the few places you can really differentiate yourself is at the tight end position. So you wanted to hammer that that elite tight end. Yeah, and I thought, Waddle, trust me, Waddle was in my queue, too. Yeah. So I, I wanted him also. And what I did here, I said, you know what? If I can't get Allen out and I can't get Waddle, Jalen Hurts is a player. You don't have to stack Jalen Hurts. Obviously, as we saw this in the Super Bowl, he can score three or four touchdowns on, yeah. on his own. So I said, everybody gets too cute with these best ball drafts. And they go, oh, I got to stack this guy with this guy yeah. and correlate this. That. No, you don't. Half your team's going to be dead by week 15. Stephon Diggs, Saquon Barkley, Mark Andrews, Jalen Hurts. I got four guys in my first four pick who could legitimately be the number one scoring player yeah. in fantasy at those positions. So I said, let me just get really good players. And then we'll kind of just shake it out and see what happens. So that was my mindset uh, at once Allen and Waddle went off the board. Yeah. So by the way, hi, golf boy. Good to see you uh, in the, in the <laughs> chat. Uh, um, so I want to skip forward a little bit here into this round. And I want to go to who I think, I think Howard Bender's had a pretty strong draft to this point. I think Garrett Wilson at four ten is going to look silly by the end of the off season. I, I had Garrett Wilson queued up for my next pick. I wanted yeah. him badly. I wanted him so yeah. bad. I'm like, damn it. I and think everybody started flying off the board here at that far end. I'm like, oh, my cue is just blown to pieces. Yeah, I think that I think that Garrett Wilson 410, if they go get Rodgers, if they go get Carr, you know, that's going to ju- just look silly by the end of the offseason. I think he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, like, like, for instance, I think by the end of the offseason, you might look at this and say, if Howard Bender, who picked first overall, by the way, so he's picking 210 and 410, if he picks Garrett Wilson in the end of the second round and Debo Samuel falls to the fourth round, I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be too outrageous by the end of the offseason based on, you know, how Debo's season went and we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be, but I don't think Garrett Wilson is going to be lasting uh, 40 picks into many drafts this offseason. That, that's my personal opinion because mm-hmm. we know the Jets are going out and they're going to aggressively pursue a quarterback. And if this is getting your guys' juices flowing to do some drafting and you say, well, I can go draft better than this idiot Drake. I got to get in the draft and fire one off and, and win some money here. Folks, 
There's no time like the present, and there's no better place to do it than underdog fantasy. Right now at underdog, you can draft best ball teams today for the 2023 season, and they have contests live right now with a million dollars in prizes available. Heck, they got you covered on every sport at underdog. You want to play NBA, NHL, PGA. I know we got Tiger teeing off today in the Genesis Classic or whatever the hell they call it. Just use our promo code fantasy points spell it fantasy pts head over to underdog fantasy use our code fantasy pts and we're going to take your first time deposit folks we're going to double it i'm pulling it out of my pocket right now i'm slapping on the table you put down 100 i'm doubling it i'm giving you another 100 we're going to match any deposit first time only up to 100 that's code fantasy pts at underdog fantasy again you can't get any better than this. These sites, they're begging you to come play over here. A hundred bucks and you can match it and get a free hundred. Folks, come on. What are we talking about here? Fantasy PTS over at Underdog. Come play me. I'm doing drafts. Uh, now I got the itch, Joe. So I, I'm yeah. firing one of these off every night. All right. So now we're into round four. There's Garrett Wilson, as we talked about. Uh, and we're going. That was the end of round four, starting round five. Here's where it gets interesting. Because like we talked about before, people love drafting all these wide receivers, but eventually you got to get a running back. Isaiah Pacheco comes off the board at 5-1 to Howard Bender to start uh, the fifth round. I mean, is Isaiah Pacheco, I know he's a, he was a rookie this year, he's a nice story, but do you really think in the grand scheme of things over a course of a long season, he's going to be that relevant? I mean, because he's not much in the past game. I got a feeling they're going to add somebody else. We saw McKinnon at points was the number one player in fantasy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't like Pacheco at that spot. McKinnon um, is a free agent, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they so they're going to be adding Edward, pieces. They could cut Edwards Alaire. Um, Ronald Jones is a free agent. Not that he matters. Um, yeah. Could they re-sign McKinnon? Could they bring somebody else in? I think so. But I, I told Ross Tucker actually this week, he asked, where's Pacheco going? And I said, and off the top of my head, I hadn't seen this board, and I'll fully admit I haven't done a draft yet. That's just my personal opinion. I love underdog. Um, I'm going to hop into some soon, but I'm mostly a post-NFL draft kind of drafter, mm-hmm. uh, at the very least post-free agency, which, uh, yeah. our, which is a month away. I thought fifth round. That was the first thing that popped into my head. Turns out maybe my first instinct was right. Touchdown-dependent guy who ran really hard. They trusted him at the goal line. I see why that he's appealing here. Although there are a couple running backs who went after him in this round who I would have taken over Isaiah Pacheco. And those running backs are Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tony Pollard, who again has, is injured right now. Especially Pollard, but yes, the injury is a concern, which is why I think he fell to the fifth round in this draft. Justin Herbert and uh, Justin Fields are the quarterbacks coming off the board. Fields actually coming off before Herbert to Jeff Erickson at the 5-3. That surprised me. To me, that's a little early for Justin Fields. I know they got all the money in the world. They can go get a free agent wide receiver and maybe draft, you know, 11 billion of them because they have none right now. The free agent class is atrocious. uh, It is so bad. Yeah, just go load up. There's tons of studs out there. You You don't want Sammy Watkins? Jacoby Myers is the best wide receiver on the open market. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Jacoby Myers, but if he's the best Jacoby wide receiver Myers. on the open market, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's not a very good market. It came to me in round five at the five nine. I took Terry McLaurin here. Now, 
Good pick. We aren't exactly sure who the quarterback's going to be, but in the fifth round, I just got the 14th best wide receiver according to you know total points last year. Average 13 and a half a game. Terry McLaurin's just a good football player. You know, week to week, maybe he's a little spotty, but overall, I mean, he's an alpha. They paid him. He's the foundation outside piece of that offense. I was happy with that in the fifth round. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, and now it seems right now they they're, they're saying Sam Howell's the guy. Now who knows? What if Lamar Jackson becomes available? You know, like right. Now it also seems like they're setting Ron Rivera up to be a lame duck while the uh, the Daniel Snyder situation resolves itself or begins to resolve itself. But whatever the case, I think Sam Howell's going to lock on to Terry McLaurin. That's that's a good pick. And they could always go to HB Heineke. Um, hospital ball Heineke, <laughs> as Hanson calls him. I call him H. I because he sounds like an oil tycoon, you know, HB Heineke. So, uh, they could always go to him, and we know he loves McLaren. So, uh, yeah, I, that's a good pick. After the, a, a little funky here, we had Kittle and Pitts go off the board to Jordan at 5'10 and 6'1. So, he snagged two potential high end guys right there. He just wanted to get his piece of the pie he still doesn't have a running back at this yeah, point neither one idea. of them should have been drafted before dallas goddard by the way and it came back to me at the six two i don't love this pick at all looking at the wide receivers here uh but i took mike evans again we don't know who the quarterback's going to be mike evans you know he's slowing down a little bit he did have the monster week in the fantasy championship game you guys all remember that looking back if i could redo this pick Maybe James Conner is that guy. Uh, maybe Tyler Lockett is that guy. Uh, but in the heat of the moment, maybe I, 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 because I haven't done enough drafts, I saw the name and I go, oh, Mike Evans is still here, and I picked him. What if I were to tell you, you might have just drafted the top two Bills wide receivers? Oh, oh, go on. What incentive did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to keep Mike Evans? I mean, especially with who's their quarterback? What are they doing? Right. Nothing. So they my question is like, Mike Evans can still get you a high end asset in the NFL draft right now because he hasn't had a bad season. But you know, this is what that we're we're about to enter his um his twenty nine right now. It's gonna be his tenth season in the league. Um, you know. I think they can make a move for him. And I think Buffalo would be a team that would be incredibly interested in the services of Mike Evans this off season. I really do. Mm. Um, there's a couple of guys who went, and I know we're not going to go through every pick here, mm -hmm. but I'm a little surprised at how late Christian Kirk got drafted after his year. He had, um, especially in a wide receiver, mad room. This actually kind of resembles underdog. Even though this wasn't on underdog, it resembles under underdog drafts are wide receiver crazy. And this room kind of reminds me of that. This was a wide receiver crazy kind of room. I'm a little surprised where some of these guys, like a Christian Watson going in the seventh round, I guess the Rodgers situation has something to do with that. But there are some talented receivers who fell a little bit farther than I thought they were going to. Yeah, in the seventh round, we had Ridley come off the board. He's applied for reinstatement. Again, God, folks, if I, you haven't been thinking he's a jaguar now hey i totally uh, forgot about him like for most of the season and then i saw him tweeting about the jaguars playoff game and i was like oh yeah calvin ridley he's a jaguar uh, that's gonna that, i'm guessing that's why christian kirk fell to the seventh round but man you've got christian kirk calvin ridley both going in the seventh round trevor lawrence falls to the eighth it's kind of it's kind of appealing isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, the ability to stack Jaguars this year, you're going to see so many folks in the big tournaments over on Underdog. Again, use Fantasy PTS as your code. You're going to see so many people trying to do big-time Jaguar stacks yeah. uh, because it's so affordable, and yeah. and that's why people love doing it. And drafting this early, folks, the reason that we're pushing this and, and getting this content out is because there can be edges to be had because you can be ahead of the game on rookies, you can be ahead of the game on possible free agents and just draft days, uh, you know, kind of sleepers. Remember last year at this time, Saquon Barkley was going in the third round. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, look, and Mike Evans, you get him in the sixth round. What if he gets traded to Buffalo? Mm-hmm. Where does he get drafted? You know, Gabe Davis was a third, fourth round pick last year as completely. Unpre- I was a Gabe Davis guy. Um, we actually got comments on the uh, on the YouTube though. Why don't you talk to Hanson about Gabe Davis? I guess we all just blocked it out of our minds. Um, we will contend based on uh, speaking of Gabe Davis, who by the way was a ninth round pick in this draft. Um, based on conversations with Kaplan, Gabe um, that high ankle sprain really hurt him. Mm. Um, but it's an we ale get, anyway. We got to get Mister C on the show one of these days. Yeah, I, we got to get Kaplan on. Yeah, but uh, it was. Uh, but if Mike Evans gets traded, he's at least a third round pick, right? For Buffalo. Now that being said, if he does get traded to Buffalo and is a third round pick, you could forget me drafting him because yeah. I, I'll view that as a uh, Julio to the Titans kind of situation. Probably a better version of that. Um, but that's kind of where I would view it. But anyway, uh, that was a, a bit of an aside. But you're right, getting ahead of these some names of guys who might get traded this offseason, a guy who could get a quarterback upgrade. You know, you can get some serious values here uh, in these early drafts. Round seven and eight, these are all guys who, either, for the most part, are looking to break out and have something to prove. Or you know, There's a red flag there for some reason. Calvin Ridley coming off the suspension. Christian Watson, new uh, quarterback, and he was a rookie last year. Drake London, they you know they don't know what the forward passes in Atlanta. Uh, Jamison Williams, we didn't see anything from him his rookie year. Even in the next round, Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman. So you could see some of the red flags. I took Elvin Kamara at seven nine overall. This was before this news broke of his legal situation, which today said he was indicted for this bar fight. So, you know. Again, I'm looking at the board at the end of the seventh round and Elvin Kamara's on there. And I only had one running back and I go, you know what? You can do a lot worse. Let me take Elvin Kamara here. Cam Akers goes off the board next. And there was tons of talk in the draft room about this, that Cam Akers fell so low to the end of the seventh round because at the end of the season, Joe, I mean, he was killing, he was a top five fantasy back. Yeah, he he was awesome at the end of the season. That's a really good pick. Even if they bounce back, they had a nightmare season. If they bounce back to be fringe playoff contender, that Cam Akers pick is going to look like a steal at 7-10. In the eighth round, I took J.K. Dobbins. Now I'm just trying to get starting running backs here. Because again, what are they going to do in Baltimore? They're going to run the football. I don't care who the OC is. They're going to run the football. And another year removed from the injury, J.K. Dobbins is a guy who could run for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, other guys who stick out in the eighth round, Damian Pierce went the next pick after me. Uh, and then there's some guys, you know, James Cook, I'm not high on him. Brian Robinson puts you to sleep. I got no interest in him. So, you know, eh. You don't have no. any interest in Brian Robinson at that point? I mean, here's why I like him for Colton. He ran the Wolf, his man. dick off this year. He's their fourth running back. 
So, yeah, the days were – I mean, he's a zero in the past game, an absolute zero. So, I mean, what's your – up? most weeks, what are you going to get from him? Six, eight points if he doesn't score? Yeah, yeah I guess he's got to score. Yeah, let, hold on. Didn't they start to use him more in the passing game towards the end of the season? As Steve Stifler once famously said, you don't score until you score. Mm. Lamar Jackson – Nine one, and that's 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 uh, as somebody who has been burned by Lamar two seasons in a row, that's still too ridiculous. Now yeah. you're right, Drake. Uh, Brian Robinson caught nine passes this year. I thought he, I thought he caught more than that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, and if they, and if they're going with Sam Howell, they're probably not going to be very good offensively. Yeah, uh, I liked some of the players coming off the board here in the ninth round. Uh, Traylon Burks, George Pickens. Uh, and then my selection here at nine, nine at, at this point now, Joe, I'm trying to jump ahead of the curve here and I go and I get uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the rookie out of Ohio state. Again, we don't know where he's going to go. And then the next, then I took Jordan Addison out of uh, Pittsburgh, the Blitnikoff winner. Yeah. Uh, so well, uh, now USC or us. Sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Transfer. And so I took those two guys knowing full well, I don't know where they're going to land, uh, but by the time this season starts and we do know where they go, let's say Smith and Jigba gets drafted by the Chiefs, which very good uh, chance. Addison goes to the Giants. These guys are immediately starting on these teams, most likely, if they're first-round picks. And I just got them in the ninth and tenth round. Uh, my buddy was looking at this draft board, and he said, you can't get Smith and Jigba in the fifth round on underdog. Yeah. He's going so high. You got him at 9-9. Nine, nine, it's a steal. So sometimes taking a shot on these rookies, can really help you out uh, because there's so many folks that don't know anything about these guys. And we might be able at fantasy points, Joe, to help people with that. Yeah, so I, I think that's, um, I think you, you did good trying to take advantage of the uncertainty. You know, if you do these drafts, you are going to, and you draft a lot of rookies, you're going to get burned by somebody who has just bad draft capital and lands in an awful spot. But mm -hmm. you also have to look at the flip side. Right. What if Jordan Addison lands with the Giants, who their their fans were excited about Isaiah Hodgins being retained on exclusive rights free agent deal today? He literally couldn't go anywhere else. As long as they get offered him a contract, he couldn't. That that's the exclusive rights free agent rule. If he ends up with the Giants, man, that that's 120 targets he could be falling into right away, and you got him in the 10th round. I mean, how many guys in front? Of, by the way, Juju Smith Schuster in the 10th round. <laughs> What a, uh, that's a terrible pick. Anyway. Yeah, I like Jahan Dotson there. It was nice. Miles Sanders. Oh, Jahan, Jahan Dotson going after Juju Smith-Schuster is insane. I don't care who the commander's quarterback is going to be. So a couple interesting players are back-to-back -back in the 10th. Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt. Both could very well be on different teams this mm -hmm. year. <laughs> they could flip-flop teams for all we know. Who knows? But so what do you think of taking guys like that, like with Sanders and a Hunt who – you know they're you know their pedigree, but you know they're all at this point they're pretty replaceable, and they're going to be somewhere else. You would think they're going to get. I think Sanders probably gets more money than Hunt in the open market. Maybe Sanders doesn't get what he's looking for in the open market and comes back to Philadelphia. And the chance of that happening, I, I don't think it's a. I don't think Sanders is back in Philly. I don't either. But. Let's just say he's like, man, I did not get the three-year offer I was looking for. And Howie Roseman says to Miles, we'll give you one year, we'll give you $9 million. That's way more than you're going to get. 
like and and he's like, all right, let's come back, let's roll it back and win it, and try to win a championship. Man, you just got Miles Sanders in the tenth round, and he fall. Where does Miles Sanders go in this draft? If you guarantee this room that Miles Sanders is in an Eagles uniform, oh yeah, I mean, he, then he goes in the. Uh, he probably goes in that fifth round, right? Where Jones, Stevenson, Pollard is, and I think, I, and I think that's where he would go. Even though he was a top twelve type running back this year, I think he goes there because people saw that over you know the late in the season and in the playoffs, Gamewell outplayed him. Absolutely. So I think there's a little bit that's going to scare people away there. But I mean, Miles Sanders in the tenth round, on the off chance that he lands with an, the Eagles or, or another contending offense, man, that's a that's a pretty heck. That's a heck of a pick there. We had a ton of quarterbacks come off the board in the end of the tenth through the eleventh, starting with Kirky Cousins, then Deshaun Watson, Stafford, Tua, Geno, all of whom went before Aaron Rodgers, who. I'll be fully honest. I was going to take at the end of the 11th round here, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who could be in an offense, could be the Jets, could be the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, I like Aaron, even at this advanced age, Joe, I like Aaron Rodgers upside over Stafford, over Watson, over Geno Smith. Yeah. And even if he goes back to Green Bay, you get another year of him. Now, here's the downside. Uh, after he does whatever that, whatever that is he's doing, you know, sitting in the dark for a week or whatever. The downside here drafting him in the 11th round is he could retire and then you get nothing. Mm -hmm. But man, even if he goes back to Green Bay though, and you've got another year with Christian Watson and another year with Dobbs, maybe they, you know, sign somebody this off season, draft somebody, probably a pretty good value there for Aaron Rodgers. Then I took Elijah Moore just because again, right now I'm drafting on pedigree i'm drafting on talent oh, elijah moore is a talented if player Rodgers goes there and exactly aaron Rodgers could go there and uh with my the last pick of mine we'll talk about here in the 12th round i took daniel jones so i'm pairing daniel jones and jalen hurts way later on in the draft i also took so, kyler murray nobody wanted to touch him what am i uh, what am i missing here drake geno smith who i mean great story i love the story of geno smith mm-hmm he had a great year. He fell off at the end of the year, okay? Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who, in theory, might not play. Matthew Stafford, there are retirement rumors. Aaron Rodgers could retire this offseason. Why is Daniel Jones getting drafted after these guys? A top 10 fantasy quarterback this year when throwing to nobody. He had 700 rushing yards and seven touchdowns this offseason. This past season, you have to think that Pat, that he's either going to sign with a team that's going to have better receivers than the Giants because everybody has better receivers than the Giants or the Giants more likely are going to bring a, a quality receiver in there to help him out. Why is he getting drafted after Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers? Daniel Jones. And again, I, trust me, nobody craps on Daniel Jones more than I do. I, I, I don't get think it. He's great, he, but like. The running put you there. The guy had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top 12 weeks since week 10. So this is post Giants by he had two weeks where he was not a top 15 quarterback Two weeks. That's it. I mean, he finished the season. Insane. He had huge numbers and I just got him in the 
12th round to pair with Jalen Hurts. So I'll take that all day long over Jared Goff, Geno Smith type guy. I mean, come on. Yeah, I love it. And I actually like Goff in the 12th round here, by the way, because that team, I think he's going to be their starter and that team is loaded. Um, But I I mean, uh, Daniel Jones in the 12th, great pick, Drake. I'll I'll, I'll give you an A plus for that. So, and then way later, sometimes you don't like to take three quarterbacks, but you know what? I don't like to adhere to a lot of these rules of you have to take this many receivers and this many backs and tight ends. Kyler Murray was there in like the 18th round. It was almost the end of the draft. I'm like, what the hell? Kyler Murray's going to come back in the middle of the season and he's still a talented guy. He can run around. So, hey, maybe he helps me win some weeks at the end of the season. God forbid Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones gets hurt. You know, now I still have some life here uh, in the playoffs. So overall, uneven performance for me, Joe, looking at the draft, some mistakes, but some lessons learned. Uh, And I can take this and I can grow from it. And I hope our listeners do also. And they go over to underdog, use our code fantasy PTS. Again, we're matching your first time deposit up to a hundred bucks. And this is how you get ready for your drafts. You do these best ball drafts. Don't do the mock draft simulators and all that stuff. That's not going to really get you ready. You got to go where people got money on the line. They got incentive to stay and draft, not, you know, start picking kickers in the second round. Uh, totally agree. Um, if I were to grade your draft, I'd give you a solid B. Um, I would like probably a little bit more juice at running back. Um, Kamara, the, that situation's bad. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's why he fell that far, even though he just got, uh, indicted today. Um, he fell that far because of the, the, the looming suspension. Didn't have a great year. I'm, I'm still a little bit concerned, even though I like Dobbins as your eighth round pick, I'm still a little bit concerned about that hitch he had in his giddy up. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he produced, but I think you made up for it getting some serious juice at the quarterback position, serious juice at the wide receiver position with some of the, with those, that, those three straight young guys you took overall solid work, Drake. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hand for that. Thank you. And I also took Sean Tucker out of Syracuse later in this draft, who could be a starting running back or at least getting meaningful touches somewhere. So that's the draft. Again, if you want to see the board, it's on our YouTube channel. There's a link to it in the show notes, either on wherever you're listening on a podcast or on YouTube. So we're going to do a bunch of these throughout the year. Joe and I will mix it up. We'll have some fun, do a ton of drafts and, you know, just get ready for the 2023 season. We're here folks. Super Bowls in the past. We're, we're never going to speak of that Super Bowl again. <laughs> we're just nope. on to 2023. So, all right. For Joe Dolan, I am Brian Drake. Thanks so much, everybody, for hanging out with us on the two. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.